a really good show. It's too much to talk about because there's so many seasons and I couldn't get into all of it, but uh highly recommend uh... Hello and welcome to the Jackpot and today's guest is here with us now, the fabulous, the ginger fox, <laughs> the icon, the legend, the realist gal I know. Yana O'Rourke. <laughs> you do your own introductions. Yeah, obviously. I just realised that started like the fakest laugh ever. It was like, Mwah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was. Also, I, no, but my laugh's also like, I really have a giggle laugh. So it's like, a, you know, it's, I'm always like, he, 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 like literally, like call me Michael Jackson because yeah, sound, that sound is like the way two I laugh. Pa- sound like Tupac, he's like a fairy. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god. So where are you currently? Where are you recording? I am recording uh, in the... <laughs> well, that's good. I mean... Bottom room. <laughs> preferably. Oh my goodness. Well, I am in my bed with my dressing gown on, um, still pretending that I'm asleep. I'm recording this fabulous <laughs> podcast with you and I'm very excited uh, and I realize we've not introduced the topic yet that might be that might be something we should maybe <laughs> consider <laughs> yeah just not tell anyone what we're talking uh, about I know. it's a secret well guess. hello listeners um, and uh yeah thanks for joining me again I hope you enjoyed our new segment the drag race review and if you haven't listened to that what else have you been doing you literally have no excuse we're in lockdown <laughs> So get listening. I actually still need to listen to it. <gasps> well, to be fair. I listened to your first podcast. I've just been really busy working. No, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to our key workers and also <laughs> key worker Drag a. Race is a very specific podcast that we do. So um, just thanks for joining in and supporting me in any way that you can. And um, today's episode is on social media and cancel culture. And um Juicy. Why why um is this issue something that you know quite a lot about? So how did you kind of come across this issue? You know, why would you say that you feel quite knowledgeable even about? Well, actually I study um media and communications in college. So like learning about like media, like key features and trends in the media, just stuff that happens, like you'll find that cancel culture is a really big thing and people like I was I'm supposed to be going into uni to do public relations in it. So obviously that's being a publicist and keeping people out of the public eye and making sure that they're they look good and presentable and they've not got stuff out that can damage their careers later on. Cause literally it can be stuff from like ten to fifteen years ago that brings you down like now. Like that and it's such a big thing. And um, we're gonna yeah. really have a lot to dissect here. But the listeners first you probably get to know a little bit about who who Us, who we are how we know each other well hopefully listeners know me a little bit better so far so i'm yana and me met in primary five which is quite a long time ago now i can't how, how long ago though i don't i didn't want to do the math on that the thing is i don't want to do the math on that because i would always get yana to do my math work for me <laughs> That's literally how we became friends. Because I was terrible at maths. And then I was really good at spelling, but Yana wasn't necessarily, like, bad at spelling. So, like, Yana I know, I was need... not good. But it was only because I didn't try. But you didn't need nearly as much on the yeah, maths. Yeah, like, when I actually tried, I could do it. But... I was a lost lost cause on the on the mathematics front. But you helped me how to socialise, because you could just <laughs> talk to anyone. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. Genuinely, I was quite set on being a loner in school. I was like, you know what, I don't need anyone. Oh, <laughs> and cute. then, like, I became friends with Lauren, and I was like, this is the only friend I'll need ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, like, you helped me realize that, you know what, it's fine to have other friends. It's okay. It's normal. Yeah, it's fun as well. I love the company of people. I'm a weirdo. I see somebody I know on the train, and I'm like, oh, please notice me. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I will look out the window and do everything I can to avoid making eye contact with you. Everybody is the opposite. I feel I feel like introverts are constantly talking about, you know, how hard life is. But at least you guys have each other. Our ex- us extroverts are like few and far between. And when we do find each other, we usually just compete with each other. <laughs> like all yeah, my friends are introverts. All my friends are introverts. So whilst I love you dearly, um, 
I feel like I'm the only person that gets excited to have a conversation with somebody on the train. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> not that. Like, yeah, I know. It's... That's a very simplistic view of it. Yeah, no, but sometimes I, like you don't want it to initially happen. Like Most conversations I have, I literally, before it, I'm just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Why did I put myself through this? Why am I putting myself into this? But then when it happens and I come back from it, I'm like, oh my God, that was such a good chat. Like, I'm so glad I've done that, even though I felt like I didn't want to. Yeah, like I feel like most introverts walk away with that, or they either walk away very drained, sad that they let themselves out the house. Yeah. So, how's that been affecting your life in lockdown? My life in lockdown has been slightly chaotic, some would say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a lot of family drama. Well, we'll love that. <laughs> yeah, we juicy, love that. juicy tea. Who doesn't love an extenders <laughs> lifestyle? truly like you cannot write this stuff sometimes i mean i think it's been interesting for everybody i think i'm kind of getting into rhythm now and i've actually enjoyed lots of parts of being at home but it's definitely lockdown's a challenge for everyone and that being at home with your family is another one of those challenges but it's just interesting it's you know i think being home with my family 24 7 has definitely been the hardest part of lockdown like, I've already kind of lived the quarantine lifestyle. Like, I like staying in and I just mm-hmm. went to college and I'd do my work and I'd go out and I would see my friends, like, go out for food. But, like, that's all I'd really do for the, like, past, mm-hmm. like, few months anyway. So I was already living that lifestyle. But then not being able to see my friends and constantly having to be around my family was something else. It made me realise I want to move out. <laughs> well, I think for me, it was like I was very much enjoying that independent lifestyle. Then I was like, what do you mean I have to consider what other people want to do in the house? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? I just want to do what I want to do. Sorry. So I think that took a while to get back into the to the um, rhythm of things. But I think we're there now. But with lockdown, obviously, there's been a lot more focus on social media. And I think that it's interesting to think back to times, maybe not similar to these, but big historical moments where, for example, evacuations or the war or where people didn't see each other for years because of not lockdown scenarios, but similar types of things. And there was no contact. Whereas whilst this is difficult for us, we do have the big platform, which is social media. Um, And that has been something that whilst we kind of people in our generation so me and Jan are born in 2001 the last of the elite 2000 oh i agree yes uh, yeah we'll maybe let 2002 and 2003 yeah. in the door yeah but... we'll, let, we'll let it stretch but the the elite mm, i agree 2001 we're in this kind of limbo stage where we're like still 90s kids and we still like went out and we didn't have like yeah the like we were brought like and, yeah however we still have largely been influenced by social media yeah truly and with that comes our topic today cancel culture which you mentioned a little bit earlier there's so much to unpack i think cancel culture is a verb as much as it is like a definite it's like a doing word yeah like people decide check me out knowing what a verb is So basically, I think it's like, it's like what people do when they realise that somebody has done something controversial, as Yana said, or, you know, have maybe done something unpopular, said something unpopular. Yeah, they have unpopular opinions. Sometimes the thing that they have said, in my opinion, is unpopular. Sometimes it's from years ago. Sometimes it's just a matter of opinion. And the masses come out in their vicious teeth on Twitter mainly, but also on all social media platforms and basically are like, unfollow this person, burn any of the stuff that they've made. Can anything I say, um, I think at the start, it was mainly for justice, for people that were like, you know what, you can't say these things and get away with it anymore. And it was kind of like their own form of justice. So you you know what, if you're going to say this and take this away from us, we'll take away your platform from you. And I understand that to a certain extent, but some people are getting cancelled over things that like people have no context as to what they're talking about. People are jumping in and making assumptions. And 
it's all it's all got way too out of hand. I think. Yeah, I think it loses its uh, any sort of impact it has because it's happening all the time. The time. And yeah. me personally, I get why people want to cancel. I am not trying to tell people how to feel because you know I've been in a position where somebody that I've looked up to on a platform has maybe like said something controversial and or like not necessarily even look up to but it's like oh another person said something homophobic you know what I mean or something somebody said something that I disagree with and it's annoying however whilst our instinctive reaction might be we need to cancel this person I'm so done with them I'm not always sure that that's the most productive response because if we want people to understand where yeah like educate them education is the key and I think people forget that I think people do and I think it doesn't help that it's not face-to-face you know it's different when it's protests and right because people are that's what's dangerous about cancel culture no one is prepared to hear millions of opinions from someone else like no one's able to take that on no one's designed to take on so much hatred from millions of people and there's a few situations where we can kind of go for examples. The first time that I remember really seeing this as the perfect example of cancel culture was the whole James Charles, Jeffree Star yeah. drama. And when for that those of... broke, out, broke out, that was like, that huge. was big. That was the first time I'd properly heard of like cancel culture and I'd really like properly learned about it like I'd actually done research and I kept up to date with it and I made sure to keep on both sides to hear James Charles side and Mm. Patty's side and Jeffrey's side and just like keeping yourself well informed like don't do anything until you know like you can't just listen to other people like yeah so I think for those who don't know because it was very big on social media for a certain age group what happened was that these are two beauty influencers to um they have their own makeup brands and James Charles had been accused by various people, um, including his mentor, what's her name? Tati. Tati um, of basically uncomfortably flirting with like straight men, just being like really rude to people. Um, and basically, I feel like a lot of it was jokes that were taken out of context, though. Especially yeah. like because James is a young man. Like, how is he not allowed to have a laugh and joke? And I understand if it is making people uncomfortable. You know what? Take him aside and say, you know what? You need to stop that. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, whether the truth of it or not, what happened was these accusations were made and big people like Jeffree Star, um, some, one of the Jenner, Kylie or Kendall, Kylie. Kylie, you know, unfollow. Like, it was like a big thing. And James Charles' follower count went from, like, he lost um, 3 million subscribers. 3 million subscribers. That's the biggest um, amount of subscribers that anyone has ever lost in a short period of time. And I think it shows how impactful these things are because I'm going to admit, I was guilty of going, oh my God, this is dramatic because it is like a, a drama. It almost feels like it, it was pre-made. It feels like... Oh my God, I need to tell you. Um, when, it, when the video came out, um, what James like responding... Um, we also, me and Stuart went to watch, like, Tati's um, video down in the links in his car. Like, we were so dramatic. Like, we were celebrities, like, going out to watch this in private and make sure no one could see us. And we'd done the exact same when James brought his video out. Like, we literally came, like, we went and sat and watched it all, like, by ourselves. It was so dramatic. Like, we made such a big deal out of it. We- yeah, and I, I bought into it. So many people bought into it. And then I think you have to question and go, wait a minute. These people are real people. James Charles is a real person who has yeah. lost 3 million of his subscribers. Is getting all these hate. And actually, a lot of it was filled with homophobia. Whether you think he was doing something wrong or or not, or whether the allegations made against him were true, Twitter it did bring out a very homophobic side of Twitter and these social media platforms where people were took it as an opportunity to attack his character and it wasn't about whether they felt he was right or wrong or educating him or getting justice it was people jumping on a bandwagon to just to spread hate 
yeah with their pitch performance because they do, they don't get to do it elsewhere because they don't have the confidence or it would be frowned upon but they now have a platform where they are vindicated to yeah, say like it's acceptable want. because we don't like this person right now so it's acceptable yeah. to say those things like and nobody okay sees their face you know horrible it's just never do you think half these people would be walking up to james charles saying this stuff you know if it was if it was in person it'd be so it's like we'd be having such a different conversation right now social mm. media has allowed us to become that like that darker side of yourself the one that gets jealous and wants to see people do bad to make themselves feel better because low-key we're all like self-conscious and our self-esteem isn't that good but it's horrible that social media really does bring out that side of a lot of people and it, it's happened again and again in countless situations there was quite a few in the beauty community laura lee all these examples but there was also many other people who had posted things from years and years ago and some people argue that if you're a celebrity you, you know you have to expect these things to get brought up but I personally feel you know these people are still people they're not they're not like robots yeah it, because we look imagine up to if them. you made you like a mistake in your life like you do maybe yeah. once a day even but imagine having to make it in front of millions of people and have millions of people judge you and tell you like your mistake and constantly remind you of it. Like everyone's done yeah. things that they feel bad about. And you know how like you always like I remember once I said here on the register wrong and I thought about it for the next twenty four hours of the day. Like I went home and I was like, No one cares. But, yeah. Like but when it's a celebrity, like you know that people care. People will bring this up. People will tweet about it for hours and days when they see it. People will not stop, and it's no one's designed to take that in. Yeah, and I agree, and I think that, you know, I don't think my social media is that scandalous, but I still would hate for it to be under the scrutiny. You know, I don't know what I was posting when I was in second year. Yeah, literally, same. You know, we know, we know my grammar was god-awful at that point. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> there, there's a whole host of other things. We don't know what I was posting, but I think the whole James Charles Jeffree Star was a really big example of cancel culture and how it brings out the bad and the ugly of many, many people. Um, and, it, you know, people feed off that. And even after the James Charles, like, tea, that, like, all of that stuff, like, cancel culture still wasn't talked about a lot. Like, people kind of just swept yeah. under the rug after James came out and up like told everyone the truth he never really got that real apology he never got any closure he was still like just left to go deal with his problem that he'd caused like even though it was all resolved yeah the problem was about it anymore like people just chose to ignore it and sweep it under the rug which i really didn't like about that because gen z is not about that we are not letting this slide we don't yes, do that anymore. The problem, the problem wasn't addressed. Sorry, but it was brought to light. Yeah. You know, this had, this is basically it's not been entirely under the surface, but it's been there bubbling away, and now the volcano had erupted, but nothing had been done about the damage. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it just kind of all being cornered off. Then, after probably a few more incidents of this building up, we reached uh, an unfortunate turning point and I have to remind myself that this is a real person so yeah after this came the unfortunate death of Caroline Flack someone well known in the UK someone well known in the UK who was a host of Love Island who also had hosted the X Factor um I think it was a radio presenter as well. She'd been on Strictly. Um, and basically, because of all of the brutal hate of the um, British media, and then... The tabloids media, were so bad. They literally yeah. defaced her. They'd stole her identity, it looked like, basically. Yeah, and it was accusations um, to do with the abuse... Yeah. she'd abused her um, domestic abuse I think yeah domestic abuse and people trialed her by media and they had decided she was already guilty she and... lost her job she lost her house she lost hope really 
And I think a lot of it to do was to do with as well that she was a female. I think if that had happened to a male, actually, I don't think I know that if that had happened to a male in the media, we've seen, we probably all have, whether we want to admit it or not, the reluctancy that people have to believe that a male will have done something is vastly different to when a female does something because people believe that the stereotype that females should be you know a certain way they should be composed they shouldn't be hysterical they yeah. should run should the family home looking and they should never home. have yeah whereas males are like th- i'm just saying this as a general stereotype but like a dad like just a male they're expected to be imperfect like that is like you love them for their flaws and like the way that they go about things like it's supposed to be like that like that is how media like in the old days i'm saying right now it's very different and everyone's changing and everyone's trying to break out of stereotypes because they're useless and they don't really help anyone but this uh, this was a big turning point because unfortunately caroline platt because of all this did commit suicide and i think that forced a movement of everyone saying be kind be kind and whether that did happen or not I think it brought to light you know this is the consequence of cancel culture these people are people and this it definitely made people open their eyes like I I truly believe people went after reading that they went sat down and thought about it for a second like oh my god this has caused someone to actually a a life has been lost like someone has felt so bad has been so hated has went through so much that she's decided that, you know what, she cannot physically do it anymore. She she couldn't do it. Which is very, very hard. Which is a lot to take in. And it's real, you know. Yeah. That happened. She's not just a name on a page. Like, you know, she it's was somebody's like some... daughter. She was some, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like, people know her. This is yeah. childhood. Like, Brit- like, British people know her very well. And for her to not get through this, and it was just a shock. Like we always think, oh, they'll come back, they'll come back. Like it doesn't matter. Like she was, she was in the wrong. This, that, the next thing. It doesn't. No one deserves to see their mistakes endlessly on Twitter and be tweeted threats and hatred towards them, no matter how bad they are. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. It really is. And I think that that situation of Caroline Flack, so we had the kind of unearthing by James Charles, the Jeffree Star, Tati kind of drama. And then this was the turning point. And now the most recent cancel culture example is J.K. Rowling, um, who has made various anti-trans statements and comments and then came out with another statement basically confirming that this was her stance and tried to explain why. And there was some things in there which I could understand, but she, she talked about a lot the the cancel culture and how it had impacted her. And you know, while some people commented that she was trying to make herself look like the victim, whilst I disagree with her and I condemn all of her statements and will repeatedly back the trans community, I think it goes without saying that we're not going to be able to get people to hear our points of view if we repeatedly attack them in the way that they, we have with Caroline Flack, with James Charles, and now with J.K. Rowling. And I will say I've seen a difference in the way that people are are making their posts as well. I have seen people addressing it. I've seen the word cancel culture become more and more popular in these conversations and in a negative light, which I think is a good thing because it's not a positive culture it's not it's tearing down moving forward like i can't believe we actually have a culture that's designed just to tear down people really i know but at the same time you you think about all the people that have been cancelled that are bad people but even then like no one deserves that sort of hatred it's such a complex thing because on one hand you think it's good because you don't need people like that influencing and having a big platform but at the same time it's like there's also people like that think like that educate them teach them to be different tell them where they're going wrong don't say you can't say that that's wrong get off like 
maybe yeah. I understand if you've already tried to educate them and they're they're just like, oh, this is my opinion. Yeah, well, if your opinion affects people's rights as to be a person, to do what they want, then you know what? It's not really freedom of speech and it's not really your opinion. Like, you can't... Yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I think social media has brought to light a lot of... With this cancel culture, people have been getting cancelled for saying things which are hate speech and people have defended them i would know people that are very left-wing or not even just left-wing but would say that they are activists for human rights or whatever but believe they're defending the right of freedom of speech or they're liberal and they say but i will defend your right to say whatever you want there's a in my opinion a, a big error in that because we don't know for sure how we got here I think evolution takes us to a certain point, but people believe in God, people believe in all aspects of how we got here. And I'm not going to question what you believe. However, because of that unknown, it means we get to decide what is right and what is wrong. We have that decision. Moral relativity, you know, determines that we don't but I think in a way that we do we do because we are the ones that make our society so we decide what's right and wrong and I think with that power we should decide that debating the existence of trans people or debating the existence of gay people these aren't debates these are just givens because these people exist and just because somebody says it they, they can't just say something that's factually incorrect you know, gay is wrong because the Bible says it. Well, we don't actually know if that's what the Bible meant. And even then, it. God teaches you, it, no matter what religion you're from, God teaches you to be good to people. At nowhere yeah. in the Bible does it say kill anyone for their opinion or how they act or what they do. Yeah. It's never, it's it's that simple. People read into it too much, I feel like. And they I, create I, I their think... own meanings for things, which is okay. You're allowed to do that. But when it affects someone's life, someone the way someone lives the way someone goes about their life that's when people have a problem when you're and it's a blurry line like i get why people might find it difficult and i would challenge people to think about it a lot more however i would say that you know freedom of speech is saying i prefer coffee to tea or i personally don't think that that's how we should go about that or sharing an opinion and not being held in for it hate speech is discriminating against somebody, putting them down for fat factors which they arguably don't have any control over, or even if they do, are in breaching their basic human rights. Yeah. I think that's the difference. You cannot just allow people to preach hate which make people feel bad about themselves just because they happen to think something. We have to acknowledge as a society, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that opinion. However, I'm afraid it's wrong. Yeah. We can't have people on media, on TV, spouting this because it's incorrect. We can't be giving platforms just because, you know, they happen to have something to say. Everybody has something to say. Everyone has something to I say. I can say that, that stupid people tree outside my window is actually black, you know, but that's not the case. Just because, you know, somebody would have to explain to me why that's green. I think it's that. I think it's a fact, a lot of these things. There's a fine line between freedom of speech and hate speech. And I think that often gets blurred on social media. A lot of people on social media defending (laughs) these statements which are discriminatory because anybody should be able to say whatever they want. And whilst I agree with that to an extent... But we literally have laws that, like, you can go to jail for discriminating like being like discriminating against people like it's against the law like if you think that is an opinion then there's something not right with your head because that is it's literally against the law to discriminate against people it's not freedom of speech it's not you can't just say how you feel because you think it's right do some research man like seriously yeah and if and if the government has to put in rehabilitative processes to get people to understand that, then I'm all for it. I'm not saying people should just be thrown in jail just because they don't understand something, but I think that they should be educated, as we've talked about this entire time. Not cancelling people, not 
sharing with people because I will also admit that it's sometimes difficult not to do that when you feel like somebody's sharing an opinion which is so damaging to other people you know people getting given platforms to promote um homophobic opinions just because that's what they believe when I just think that debating people's existence I think that's the main one is hate speech who gives them the right who gives the, the the right to decide whether they're allowed to exist or not equally because they think they fit into a category it think like they have that that right to speak from another one like like oh it's yeah I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna quote someone i saw the other day let me find it her name's dominique jackson and she plays electra abundance in the tv show pose which is about the 1980 uh, ballroom gay scene in new york it goes into the 1990s and she says it's not about us saying to someone else that I accept you or I tolerate you. You do not have the power to accept or tolerate me. I take that from you. You will respect me. So to each of you, my community dies every day, whether it's from HIV and AIDS or transphobia and homophobia, I ask you to consider this. That is a human being. We're all human beings. It's about inclusivity and I will never, ever ask any of you for respect. I will demand it. I love that. I love that too. I think it's saying, who gives you the right to debate my existence? Yes. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, people that believe in God and they believe that they're carrying out his work by doing this or whatever, you're not. You're yeah. not. God didn't give you any special powers. He didn't give you, he gave you a voice, right? So you can voice whatever you want. But, God also teaches you to love and treat people the way that you want to be treated. So if you want to be treated like good, why are you trying to take other people's rights away and stuff? Yeah, and I would say also this comes into a debate as well about impartiality. So the BBC um tries to be impartial and we can ha- that could that could <laughs> be a debate. We could have we could have a whole podcast on that. However, a while back, one of their journalists, Naga Monchetti, um had been asked a question, um, I think it was to do with Donald Trump saying that Representative Iman Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, Congresswomen in America who had were, were not white and had been told to go back home to their countries of origin, whatever that means. Oh. They were born in America or they lived in America. Yeah. You know, and I think um Dan, the other journalist, had asked her about it and I think Naga had just simply said that it was a racist comment and then had been reprimanded by the BBC for breaching impartiality. Yeah. And what do you think? Is that not remaining impartial or is impartial She was literally standing up for herself by not by not pointing that out. That is teaching people that they're allowed to say that sort of stuff when it's not. That's not okay. That's I know we just yeah. to tell someone to go back to where they came from if they were born in that country. But yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's how whilst... it's so insensitive to some subjects. Yeah. It's like literally that it disgusted me. Like when yeah, they done that to her. Oh. Yeah, and I think there's positives and negatives of social media. And whilst this is a negative, it also brings in a positive that because this information is so readily available to us on social media. It, it's actually made me more informed about a whole host of issues because it makes it so much easier to listen to those that are affected. I, like, you know, you're not just listening to those in your community. Yeah. And I feel thankful in that case that I've grown up in this generation because I do feel more informed about issues and I do feel that I can educate. And whilst I'm like nowhere near, like, you know, I'm not saying I've done all my learning just because I've heard a few people on social media. It does help you understand different points of view, which you probably wouldn't have had without social media you know until a later point in your life I feel like I've got a head start with social media absolutely I definitely feel like this generation is so lucky I feel like we're the most open-minded generation and the most accepting and the ones that want to learn the most because there's even you, you even like you've seen it all over Twitter you've seen it on Facebook people sitting down with their older like their grandparents their guardians their mums and dads just everyone having a t- discussion about white privilege and current events stuff that is going on stuff that they need to know and stuff that they need to know is not okay 
like what's not acceptable now to inform and educate them tell them like I've had to sit down with my mum and discuss a lot of things but you know what I'm glad that I've done it and I'm glad that I had the resources to do it and I'm glad that I could give her things to look up things to search to educate herself on so that in case that she feels embarrassed from hearing it from someone that's younger than her like that is the most amazing thing about social media and the internet it's given us a tool to be able to educate ourselves fully and in a simple way like you don't need someone to explain it to you it does it all itself i know there there is no excuse currently for remaining uneducated about issues which are so Absolutely. badly affecting other people because it's a privilege to remain impartial in situations like yeah. this yeah and you if know? you're being ignorant you're part of the problem <laughs> like that's yeah and so because social media allows for that learning space it really does especially twitter twitter is a real news anchor and if i hadn't been blocked from my twitter account <laughs> oh don't even get me started on that <laughs> basically that is so funny i was tweeting um one of my like idols bob the drag queen and in case she saw my profile i wanted to make sure that my age was accurate so so I was like, oh, I'm just going to change my age so that Bob the Drag Queen knows that I'm 18 and I'm not 90. I don't know why that bothered me so much, but I was like, I want to be honest with Bob. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, so then I, and it bit me, you know, it threw back in my face <laughs> because... You weren't 13 at the time you started Twitter. Because I wasn't 13. <laughs> I'm now 18, 19 this year. I wasn't 13 when I started so they blocked my account and despite me sending an ID from my mum from me there has been not even an email to say that they're like just closing down my account they've just not even contacted me so I'm just supposed to know that I'm not getting my account back yeah, oh girl I'm ready to go up to the Twitter office take my earrings out <laughs> my rings off <laughs> Fisty cuffs with the Twitter CEO. The I mean, inner Karen will come out. She will. <laughs> I will speak to the manager. I've already tweeted <laughs> them on my new Twitter account, which I'm not publicising yet because I'm in denial. I was like, Twitter support, get your act together, please. I need help. But maybe I'll keep you updated on how that. That's my that's my negatives of social media. I've been blocked from Twitter because of my stupidity. Yeah, well... I'm just thinking, like, so it's so it's so good for spreading information and like getting it around the world, like, super fast. But it's so impactful. Yeah, yeah, but there's so many negative things that have come from it as well. But at the same time, it's all kept us sane during lockdown. I feel like, My absolutely, like fifty years ago, literally all that people done, like kids our age, would go out and hang about and play outside. Yeah. This would have destroyed a generation. Like, luckily enough, we've had, like, this advancement and we're able to still stay connected yet so far away, which is yeah. the weird thing about social media because it's kind of making us antisocial, but... It's helped us be social in this time, yeah. Yeah. It, like, I think it's impacted on a lot of parts of our lives. Like, for example, entertainment. It's part of the culture, really. It's part of the culture. It's part of everything that we... It has really influenced us, like... For example, within entertainment, um, it's affected, like, I was talking about this in the last podcast with Olivia, it's um, affected how the media makes things for us. So it's about trying to keep our time, um, keep us on their app for as long as possible, binge viewing, so it um, affects how creators create their content. It's about that shop. Yeah. Like with films, you know, there's a lot of target audience. But I also think because of social media educating people and bringing a lot of things to light there is a lot more visibility and conversations around issues such as mental health or you know just general visibility of minorities and stuff like that um absolutely mental health and social media are very much linked because it can negatively impact your mental health based on you know beauty standards or things like instagram and that's been widely recognized it has been. That, that's been a well talked about subject. Like and, mental health and representations within media are a big thing right now, and they have been for a little while. It's definitely a long way to go. Definitely, but I do think that it is getting talked about, and I think there is an impact based on how 
entertainment view social media and you know advertising and stuff but it's also meant that the content is like you know geared towards these things so for example there is content that you've talked about before which really addresses these issues quite well oh yeah um 13 reasons why that show oh yeah it does it so well (laughs) oh god 13 reasons why was one of the most negative representations of mental health within media i think it was not good for any of the viewers it was on netflix and just a pre-warning i'll probably say some spoilers um but it was for I don't I don't know if it was sixteen or eighteen, but it was put on Netflix and it was easily accessible to literally anyone. I know ten and twelve year olds that were watching it, so like it, they need to work on that for a start because it's really damaging. Uh, yeah, whilst this information is really accessible, you know where do we draw the line of like censorship or you know safety? There's that's an interesting view as well. Social media yeah. exposes people to a lot quite quickly. And I spoke you know? to a lot of people, and after watching it, they said that especially people our age, like it affected their mental health negatively. A lot of the things in Hannah Baker's the main character, the reasons why she kills herself, a lot of them are. And not saying that they were small problems, because obviously it led to her death, and that is a big deal. But at the same time, things that shouldn't make you want to kill yourself. Like, someone stopped writing her letters and telling her that she was cute in class. So that she made them a tape and said, basically, you're one of the reasons why I'm going to kill myself. And I think that is not fair for that person, because he really tried with Hannah and tried to communicate with her. And I don't think it's fair on Hannah and that representation to show kids that because that is not okay. Uh, it's yeah. not okay to. Or... It's minimizing the issue as well. The reasons people kill themselves, the lead up to that, it's it's simplifying it. I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is what is happening, and just how they don't give you any like they don't show Hannah really they show Hannah trying to get help once she goes to a teacher she tries to tell him how he feels and he says oh well you know what maybe it's your fault like maybe you're not doing something right I guarantee you if you go to an authority figure and tell them that you want to kill yourself or you've been sexually assaulted I don't think they're going to turn around and say I think it was your fault or there's probably nothing you can do they will not break it away and that is a terrifying thing to show kids especially going into high school because high school is such a hard time the drama there feels like it's real life that feels like that is your life yeah and i understand why this was such a big deal for hannah and why all these small things impacted her so much but they should not they should have shown authority figures helping because that is going to make people scared to reach out for help yeah that's true that is very that was a horrible representation a teacher turned down a child that said they've been sexually assaulted and wants to kill herself no. I think it's a complex issue and I think that they probably should have listened better to the affected, which is always the, the problem, you know, get people involved. That for have... help. Yeah. Like, they're not crying out for a representation. We know what mental health looks like. A lot of us do. It's been a wide conversation for a long time. We know what it looks like. We need help. We need answers. We don't need people to show us the depression and all what these people are going through and why. We don't need a reminder of that. We need ways to get help. Yeah, Why didn't that's it show true. Hannah reaching out to her friends and talking about it? Why did it not show Hannah going to the police after she was sexually assaulted? I think when it's such a delicate issue, you have a responsibility to make sure that you're promoting a solution, whether you, you, you know, it's not, in this instance, it's not about portraying what you believe to be a realistic thing right that's an argument yeah. like for example there were scenes which were very graphic of you know season two yeah sodomy that was yeah. disgusting and that was put in there for shock factor shock. Too. not for and um, you know not to help. raise awareness yeah not to help in any way that was it does show that boys get sexually assaulted too but you know what there's different ways that happens and just doing that, showing that bullies, like, this is what's going to happen if you go to high school, potentially. It's yeah, like, and- It made high school look like hell. And teens are so impressionable. That's the thing that worries me most about this show, is it was so easily accessed for 
hundreds of people that were not meant to see it for a start because they're too young for it. The content is absolutely horrifying. And these teens are watching it and like getting an impression from it. Oh, so this is what high school's like. No. I know, and I think social media does expose people to that side of things as well, you know. That's why there is age limits, you know. There's the things like 13... I, I know 13 Reasons Why is a Netflix show, but, you know, these types of conversations are happening all over social media. And there's the internet, and then there's, you know, all sorts of things that people can be exposed to. Yeah, you know? also, in the last season, another spoiler, Justin dies from AIDS. People live with AIDS all the time. This is a thing that is people are able to live with in the 21st century it's they're not feeding a negative stereotype they are they're feeding a lot of negative or not helpful stereotypes you know whether they're in te- oh, voice crack whether their intention is to help yeah they're not- but to raise awareness or help or like enlighten people on the subject how dare that is that is such a negative thing to put out there especially for the way things are going right now in america with trump yeah that's true i will say on the flip side there is shows that do portray mental health well i know you were talking about this earlier um yeah bojack horseman i really enjoy it. it's like a, a cartoon show um it's also for older people it's not regulated properly like people can go and watch it but i will say that it's a lot better representation of mental health and i wouldn't mind having a 15 13 14 year old watch it because you know what it's got some bad language in it like that is why it's a lot of it's been censored obviously because it has bad language and it's nothing that we've not heard from school i'll tell you that nothing that we've not heard from school um but it really it's got six seasons and it shows this the main character a really flawed character who has a lot of work to do on himself. He suffers with substance abuse and alcoholism. And it's basically his journey of how he is trying to get better. This show doesn't tell you to feel sorry for him because he's doing bad things. It's teaching you to learn about it, how not to react. Do not turn to drugs when something upsets you. Do not turn to alcoholism. Do not bring people into that barrier. You do not want people surrounded that you love or you're going to bring them down with you you need to and it's not about shaming yourself. it's not it's not about shaming it's just about promoting something more positive like obviously people do turn to these types of things and you know it is a an illness or it's a it's a it, difficult it, time yeah. but it's not about shaming it's about pro- these shows arguably promoting something more positive to show a light you know definitely goes to the root of the problem and shows bojack trying to solve it and nothing really returns back to normal which is the most important thing like this happens and you know what there's a new equilibrium there's a new normal things will never be the same but it's a learning experience yeah it's a learning experience and things it gets better is it can always be better than what it was and i think that's good that that is out there balancing out the other stuff that we see on social media too but we have unpacked a lot today yeah we have we really have and i hope that people have maybe learned something from listening to this um or you know enjoyed it somewhat it's a there's been a few difficult topics in there and i'll be sure to put a trigger warning in the post because i know that we've discussed some sensitive topics yeah um, and i hope that people haven't felt too negatively impacted while we've talked about this stuff just wanting to spread awareness talk about how cancel culture social media things like that have impacted us and our mental health and yeah this is like just our perception obviously so it's okay if you're offended by it or if you don't want to listen to it like that's okay yeah but this is what jackpot is about we're talking about all sorts of things on here and people don't just have yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, I think it's good to talk about things that make you uncomfortable. Do you not think? Yeah, I think if it's uncomfortable, you know, it's, it's needing to be addressed. And there's a lot of things that make you uncomfortable because you're told that you shouldn't be talking about them. But yeah. Like, I mental health affects everybody. Like always grown up, like, if you know something your parents don't want to talk about, you want to talk about it because they don't. Like, 
you know it's important when people don't want to talk about it it needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and so well, <laughs> that has been a very full-on but very informative hopefully podcast i hope so sorry i keep clicking my pen also like during this so if you keep oh yeah clicking. i was clicking mine too earlier yeah yeah y'all keep hearing clicks it's just the pens you know making y'all para acting like they write in what are you going to be up to for the rest of the day yolanda oh yolanda one of my many names <laughs> oh yeah nobody calls me yana yana <laughs> it's a four letter name yeah. yana yeah yana y-a-n-a but no no yolanda anya uh, what? I, I think of the other ones I've had like yellow. yellow. I bloody had yellow. Um. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna be working for the rest of the day, sadly. I'll be working at Morrison's. Work. Go say hi to Yama if you're going for your shopping. But yeah, if you're a fan, JK, I'm joking. That was really cringy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a autograph because she's been on the jackpot. I'll bring my pen for autographs. Well, for me, I'm probably just going to relax. Like I'm going to, you know, read a book, maybe have a bath, you know, just do all that relaxing things because I'm not at work. Yeah, quarantine's for that, though. Like, Oh, sure, yeah. We earned this. We need this. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today, Yana. I've enjoyed talking to you. I've really enjoyed it. I've been looking forward to this because I know your podcast is going to be so good. Obviously, it is so good already, but like, I just know this is a good thing for you. And like, you really deserve to do well in this because you've got what it takes. Thank you. I've really enjoyed making it because finding things that help with your mental health during lockdown, I think, you know, social media can sometimes, there's a lot, it's a lot. Yeah, you know, so, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I think making this podcast has been really helpful for me. Yeah, and it'd be helpful for anyone else. Like, if you've got an idea, just go for it. Like, there's nothing holding you back right now, and there's no one yeah. really out to judge you, except on the internet and cancel culture, you know. But like, I think you're realizing there's always going to be somebody coming to judge you, though. Yeah, there? there's always going to be that there. But like, you're at home. No one can really hurt you that here. Like, really, realistically, no one can really do anything. And if you want to do something, you your best to just go for it. Like that, your chances are best right now. Yeah. Find healthy coping mechanisms. Like it's good. Like don't go on Instagram and look at models for hours. Go and record something. Go and do something you find fun. I agree. Only you can help yourself. Obviously, others can help, but like realistically, you can That's help yourself. But yeah, I need to start getting ready now. Yeah, and on that note, we say <laughs> goodbye and thanks for listening to the Jack Potch. <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Thank you for having me on, Jack. Thank you for coming on. And um, yeah, people listening, if you have something to talk about, feel free to hit me up. And yeah, leave comments any, on any criticism or any nice yeah, constructive say, because constructive we're not trying to promote yeah. cancel culture right now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, well, have fun at work. <laughs> Be safe and be heard. Goodbye. Bye.